right, folks, welcome to today's Buckmasters Outdoors podcast. I've got a legendary grill master from Bama Grill Master, Tim Van Dorn, is with us. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Jack. I appreciate y'all having me. Well, I just heard, rumor has it, you won a competition this weekend. Is that correct? I did, yes, sir. Uh, went down to the Great Plains of Auburn, Alabama, which I wasn't real happy about. But, Come on, uh, War Eagle now. Work with me now. Work with me. Uh, I know, jeez. But the tide did roll down there, so that's, I it was you. a good thing. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Well, look, the people listening, I don't know how to cook. I basically was a fast food guy from my tennis days, just pulling in drive-in windows and you know, I can cook a steak and maybe some chicken and stuff, but there's a lot to this grilling, isn't there? Yes, sir. There, there can be. It can be as easy or as difficult as you want. Like. Well, let's talk about grills. You know, what's the difference in grills? I mean, there's. I mean, I just use a little basic grill. I put a little charcoal in, but you know, my son and his little group—they're into using all types of grills and chips and wood. Talk to me a little bit about that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, there's good grief. There's all kind of grills out there. You got anything from charcoal grills to regular old charcoal grills to pellet grills, gas grills. I mean, you, you name it. Um, I've got a little variety of pretty much anything and everything. Uh, if I had to pick one, my go-to would probably be my you know, Camp Chef pellet grill. I use it all the time, pretty much every day. So what's the um, difference in all three of those? I mean, if somebody's, you know, I mean, is any uh, is pay, are people going wrong by using one or the other? But what's the advantages and disadvantages of all three of those you mentioned? No, not really. I mean, there's no, well, each one, to me, each one has its own purpose. Uh, of course, that's just me. Okay. If, if I pick the most versatile grill out there for somebody that's starting out and, you know, really want it all, I'd pick a pellet grill just because you can smoke low and slow on it. You can go hot and fast. Most of them now have a, a thing where you can sear on them. Um, our, for instance, our oven went out for like a month. And so anything we put in that oven, we wound up putting it in the pellet grill. Anything from cookies to casseroles to bread, you know, you name it, it went in the pellet grill. Okay. So uh, so that, that's kind of what that that grill does charcoal grill i love a charcoal grill good grease but you, again it goes back you got all kinds of them. you got your ceramics you got your just plain james you know uh ceramics are awesome tomato joe big green egg mm -hmm. uh, they hold heat like a champ and they're extremely versatile as well you can slow and slow hot and fast whatever you want to do on them uh, and i've got uh, just like you mentioned steak competition a while ago i've got one grill that I use for my steak competition, that's it. It doesn't get anything else cooked on it, just steaks. Um, well. But uh, then you got your gas grills, which I'm not a big fan at all of a gas grill. I just, to me, there's no flavor. They get too hot. It's just, but, you know, people out there that love them. So it's, it's kind of what everybody's used to or what they're, what they're wanting. Well, let's talk about this, because I love cooking steak on Friday night. And I basically... Mm -hmm. I've got my little old grill, and I put my charcoal in it, and it's got a propane starter, and uh, if that doesn't work, I can put my lighter fluid. What's the difference in a propane starter as far as any taste compared to doing charcoal with lighter fluid? I've, I've just heard different myths. Is there, is there a difference in the taste when you're using lighter fluid on your charcoal and you're cooking them? Now, they say don't use, like on a ceramic grill, like a Big Green Egg or a Kamado Joe, don't use lighter fluid in it because it will sink into that ceramic. Wow. And 
not good, then it'll give off a flavor. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, as far as your other grills, I mean, I always pretty much use a either a lighter biscuit or with a you know light it with a propane torch. But I don't have any problem using lighter fluid either. Um, it's going to burn off. You just got to make sure because again, lesson learned when we were younger. You know, the fire is going out, but we already got the grates on, and we just hose it down with lighter fluid. Well, guess what? Lighter fluid's all over your grates now. Yeah. <laughs> so your steak tastes like lighter fluid. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, like I said, I'm a steak guy, so if anybody's listening, if you're a steak person, my son gets so mad at me when I cook. You know, he said, you know, you just burn the steak. Well, I, I hear about people talking about searing the steak. Well, I thought that was kind of what you were supposed to do was try to sear it for five minutes and flip it and stuff. Now, I put my I put my charcoal in there, but I actually put my meat on top of the charcoal. Now, he puts his charcoal over to the side and then puts the top on and leaves the vent open. Now, tell me who's mm -hmm. right or wrong on that and what's the difference in it? It's like I tell everybody. There is no right or wrong to cook a steak. It's ever how you like it. It's, just, it's the perfect steak. To me, I mean, there's two different methods that I use all the time. Uh, you got your reverse sear method, which sounds like your son does, where you bank your charcoal to one side and you put your steak on the opposite side and let it slowly bring up the temperature. And then once it gets within, you know, 10 degrees, 15 degrees of where you want to finish at, then you take that steak and you throw it over the coals and sear it off for a couple of minutes on each side. Now, my steak competition, I do the exact opposite. I sear first and then I throw it on the opposite side of the grill and bring it up to temperature. Um, so uh, do you sear one side of it or both sides of it? So, so on the steak competition, you got to get, you know, pretty grill marks, you know, the diamond marks on there. So I am usually a minute to a minute 10 per turn. So, you know, a minute 10 this way, turn it the opposite way, another minute 10, flip it over, minute 10, one turn, turn it the other way, a minute 10. So you're looking at a total of, you know, four minutes, almost five minutes of searing. Okay. And then I'll take it, put it on a, a little upper rack on the opposite side of the grill where there's no goals and just let it gradually raise up to the temperature I want. And I got a, a, a temperature probe in the whole time watching it. All right, let's talk about temperature because, like I said, I've got my little old deal, and if I get it up to 400 and I put the top on it, or he does, I, like I said, I try to stay open grill, but, again, I don't know how to cook. I just cook enough for me to eat. I don't care. But, I mean, he's pretty serious about it. So when I bring him over there, it's just like, okay, I'm not cooking anymore because he doesn't like the way I cook. So that's cool. I just It's like a new age group of, of cooking. Uh, Dad doesn't know what to do. Now, on the coals, and this is what I do. I try to let the coals turn completely white, and then I mm -hmm. spread them out before I put my meat on, on, on the grill. Is that right or mm -hmm. wrong? Oh, yes. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think... Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. You want those coals, especially if you're using briquettes, to turn white. That's what you want. And then you spread them, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let me ask you this question. Now, when it starts flaming up, do you just douse it with water? Do you douse it with beer? Do you douse it with anything? I mean, that's what happens a lot of times. He said, well, that's why you're burning up the steak. I said, no, I'm shearing the steak. So, what's the, what's the deal on that? Because I, I need some help on that, on that uh, piece of instruction. Well, there's a lot of people, they'll keep it like a little water bottle beside them and spritz it. Either that or just pull the steak off, throw it to the opposite side of the grill, unless the whole grill's on fire, then, yeah. Uh, you can always pull it off and shut all your vents down and close it and just let it 
let it be and it'll go out. But yeah, I mean, I, there's no, I don't see anything wrong with having misting it with water. That's just like on my competition. If my grates get too hot, I'm gonna hose it down with water. Okay. Because there's a certain temperature I'm looking at for those grates. See, I was doing five minutes, five minutes. So what you're saying, you do a minute and a half, then flip it minute and a half, and do that. Well, well, I'm turning it. So you you really got two two minutes and twenty seconds on, on one side. And then flip right. it again. All right, I was doing five minutes. Maybe that's where my sear was a little bit too much. Is that right? It, it could be. Okay. Yeah, and of course it depends on how hot your fire is too. Okay. I just want to be able to go back to him and say you were wrong, son. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to the man that just won the steak competition. Okay. There is no wrong way to cook a steak. Well, it, as far as our conversation, there is. The way he's doing it is wrong. So. <laughs> But, you know, those are the little things, you know, and I cook, I love to grill chicken, chicken wings. That's just the two things that I do is chicken wings and steak. So, and I, I definitely put the coals on one side and then move them over and then I'm basting them and stuff like that. So I'm doing the baste every five minutes. Now I cook chicken wings. It takes me about 45 minutes to an hour. And it's usually the temperature goes up to about 400 when I'm looking at it because I put the cover over and leave the little holes open. Tell me if what I'm right and wrong on that, and then I'm basting uh, every five minutes and then flipping them and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's one of the things I like to cook wings hot and fast. I mean, sometimes I'll take them and I'll I'll smoke them, you know, at a low temperature, 225, 250, and then once they get to an internal temp of around 160, you know, I'll crank that temp on up and uh, really crisp up that skin. Mm-hmm. But yeah, constantly turning like you're doing. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Constantly turning them, flipping them, basting them. Yeah, those. I guarantee you, those are awesome food. So what you're telling me is I need to get in the competition of my wing cooking. Is that what you're telling me? I would, yeah. no doubt about it. I am the actually. They, one of the ancillary this weekend was was wings. Was uh, it? it was a little. Yep, sure was. Well, by gosh, I'll be the besides the buck master, I'll be the wing master, and then that's right. Because you're the Bama Grill Master. That's all right. I mean, that's, that's a winning combo right there. Okay. I could be the all-grill master. That's right. <laughs> all right. Talk to me about if somebody's like, what is the easiest thing if somebody's never grilled before and they're getting pressured by their wife, why don't you cook something? What would be, what would you recommend them getting off to a good start, making mama happy? No, going out there and not burning up the, the deck and the dogs and everything, what would you recommend the easiest way to start? So I would say barbecuing-wise, if they're wanting to get into smoking and barbecuing, I would say probably pulled pork is the easiest, most forgiving thing you will ever cook in your life. Really? It's, a, it's, it's hard to screw it up unless you don't cook it long enough. But it is extremely forgiving. I mean, you can cook it on... Anything, charcoal pellet. I've even done it on a gas grill, which you know. Uh-huh. But uh, super simple. My method: season it up, throw it on the smoker, 225 degrees, let it roll until it hits an internal temp of 165. Then I'll take it. I'll throw it in an aluminum pan with a little bit of apple juice, wrap it in foil, throw it back on the smoker at about 275. And I usually pull it off when it hits an internal temperature of around 203 to 205, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And then the key is, which people, a lot of people don't do or they don't understand, is that thing's got to rest. It needs to, it needs to rest. It needs to relax. 
So I'll throw it in a dry cooler for about two hours and just let it hang out. And then you just you take that sucker out and it'll shred like butter. Really? And that's probably the easiest thing you will ever cook. Now you know, people getting people get intimidated by, you know, big cuts of meat and stuff like that, but nah. Super simple. Hard to screw it up. Like I said, unless you undercook it and it's tough, but so um, is that is that what's called a Boston butt when people are doing yes. that? Okay, that's yes. that's the same thing. Okay. Yes, sir. And you just start pulling that instead of. I mean, I usually just cut it, and then you know I'm making barbecue sandwiches, but I'm not. It's not in the pool fashion. It's just I'm just cutting the meat that way. So. Right. Now, what do you season it with? What's the easiest thing to season? If you just, if you go to the grocery store and you say I want to buy a Boston butt, I want to smoke it this weekend. What do you, what do you need to season that with before you put it on the fire? Uh, any, I look for a sweet rub, any kind of sweet barbecue rub is my go-to. I'll say, usually I'll, I'll use mustard as a binder. So I'll, I'll slather that Boston butt down with mustard and then I'll hit it with a little salt and pepper and then I'll come back with my sweet rub on top of it. Now, are you putting that, uh, as I said, is that going to be on open fire, but are you going to put the hood on top of it and go back and forth? Is that, actually some people, they put it in aluminum foil and wrap it around. So what are you doing on that? So that, that's going to be an, an indirect cook. Like that's one where you bank your coals to one side of the grill uh -huh. and you put put your meat on the opposite side of the grill. Okay. And that's the easiest way to get started? Yes, sir. Hey, I would say that would be the, if somebody wanted to get into slow cooking something and sure enough barbecue, oh yeah, Boston butt would be my go-to for sure. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Let's talk about a little bit of, we were talking about wood and soaking wood and things like that. Is this getting into the more of the advanced stuff that's happening out there in grilling? Yeah, there's a there's a controversy on people that you know either you soak your wood ch wood chunks or wood chips or you don't soak them. And you know I used to. Uh, to me, that would that would prolong the smoking period. You know, and the wood wouldn't burn up. You know, right off the bat. But now nowadays, people are like, no, you're crazy if you soak your wood. Just throw it on there and let it do its thing. So, is there a right way or a wrong way? I mean, maybe these experts know a lot better than I do, but they say don't. So, to me, while I'm cooking, can I tell the difference? No, not really. But all right, now is there like cedar? Is there different types of wood that give different flavors? Is that the reason people are kind of getting into this wood type of aspect of cooking? Yeah. Uh, definitely different woods give off different flavors for like you know out in Texas they use a lot of mesquite well to me mesquite is a bitter taste if you get too much mesquite it gives it a show enough bitter taste bitter. Now, it gets a, a great bark like if you're you're smoking a butt or a brisket and you want that dark bark on the outside uh -huh. yeah mosquitoes give it that uh, around here I mean I like hickory. That's probably your most common thing that people use. I love pecan. Now, my barbecue, like pork, I like cherry. I like your fruit woods, cherry, peach, apple, something like that. It gives it a, a sweeter a sweeter flavor, I guess. So is this, you may not, where do you find the wood? I mean, is that something at the grocery store? Is that something at the hardware store? Where are you finding these wood chips and stuff to be able to cook with? Yeah, most of your hardware stores, usually they'll carry it. Uh, if not, then, you know, I've got local places. I mean, not local places, but uh, some of my buddies that have online barbecue stores that 
you can get anything and everything. So oh. that's usually what I do. I'll, I'll hit them up and they're like, hey, man, I, I need this. And they just ship it to me. What is your favorite wood source and meal that you like to grill here for the for Bama and Auburn folks? Uh, I mean, steak is definitely a go-to, but we compete nearly every weekend, so we get sick of steak. <laughs> we eat steak every weekend, so we usually don't cook it during the week. Yeah. But pork loin is a, a good thing that, that we love. And used to, uh, which is pretty cool, they used to, you'd have to take pork to internal temperature of 165. Well, if you do that, it is dry and tough. Well, now they've cleaned up the industry, and now you can only cook, I mean, you can cook it to 145 and you're good, which makes a huge difference. Now it's extremely juicy and, and it's awesome. Um, but they had, I guess, trigonosis is the disease that the pigs carry, and uh, they they cleaned up that industry. So now you're able to cook to a lower temperature. So the quality of the meat's a whole lot better. But yeah, pork, we do a lot of pork around here and chicken. I, mean, I got yeah. it. Now, if I was going to cook my steak Friday and I wanted to use a wood chip, which one would you recommend for me on my steak to cook? Probably, probably hickory. Hickory? And that's yeah. going to make my steak do what? It's going to taste sweeter? Uh, no, you'll just get a, a little smoky flavor to it. I mean, there's people, you know, when I compete, there's people that, that add a little bit of wood chunk in there. Uh-huh. When I never do, but, uh, but yeah, it gives it just a, just a little smoke flavor. Interesting. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about Yamaha. Yamaha's been one of our sponsors for, what, 37 years? I know they got, y'all, uh, got you on board. What you doing with the folks at Yamaha? Well, yeah, they're uh, they awesome. I've been with them, I guess, about three years now. So, uh, yeah, I kind of got in introduced to them through Camp Chef. Uh, they were doing a lot with them. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, they they had me out to their adventures and their whatever. So we went, I guess that was last month or a half ago, we went out to uh, Rubicon Cradle. So... They rode their side by side. I went in on a jeep with a with a guide and camped for two days, and then I rode back out with the, with the Yamaha guys on the side by sides, and they and they put them through the Springer, which was awesome. So I go out with them and I'll cook. I think we got one coming up the end of this month out in Colorado that I'm gonna I'm gonna cook with them. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we do do a lot of events with them. So it's, they are a awesome company. Absolutely. Well, if somebody's listening today, just and they're kind of very green, just like me, what would you, add, you know, what are some basics? If you say top from bottom, just if they if they just want to get started, and let's just do a summary here real quick, from grills to charcoal to whatever, what's the easiest way for them to get started where they don't? What I don't want somebody to do is go do it. Well, you know what? This just isn't me, and they just get off started on the wrong foot. What's some basic mm -hmm. fundamentals? If somebody's listening, that they can have fun and actually go out and enjoy cooking. Well, I would say first of all, they need to do some research and decide exactly what kind of grill that they want because there's so many of them out there. Mm -hmm. um, whether they want a, a gas grill, a charcoal grill, a pellet grill, I would tell them to do some research on that first. And then, you know, start out with, you know, just you, you got to get on it and start out on it. So, I mean, you got to try something. And, you know, again, if they want to do smoking and barbecuing, yeah, Boston butt, you know, no doubt about it. Okay. Um, 
get on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is a great source for people that are just getting into grilling and barbecuing. There are so many good guys out there that do awesome videos and step-by-step stuff so they can learn. They can watch that and then, you know, they can pause it as they're going. You know, you got your phone, so they can sit there and watch what they're doing and they can do the same thing on their grill, you know, right there in real time. So uh, YouTube is a huge thing. Well, I guess Uh, YouTube right there, you don't have to be embarrassed in front of your buddies. You know, that's the cool thing about it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been, I, and I still, I mean, I watch YouTube all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I pick up new stuff all the time. I'm I'm always learning something. Right. People do stuff just so much different, you know. You know, this guy does it this way. This guy does it another way. And I'm like, huh, never even thought about doing it that way. So, yeah, it's a, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But that's what I do. I decide, you know, which kind of grill you wanted. And then I jump on YouTube and, and search some videos on what you want to cook. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Yeah, you ought to be set in. Okay. Is there anything different on cooking vegetables and stuff like that compared to meat when you're using the grill? Uh, not really. They don't take near as long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you got some of your, like, fresh veggies like broccoli or carrots and stuff like that, um, it's going to take longer for them to, to tender up. So you may want to go a little bit lower or do the indirect versus directly over the flame because you go directly over the frame playing with fresh veggies and you're going to be burned on the outside and raw in the middle. <laughs> I talked to me about corn on the cob, my favorite. I actually was fishing uh, with a friend of mine uh, in the Gulf and he had one of those green eggs, I think is what it was. But he was taking, and it was actual corn on the cob that was still in the shuck. He soaked it mm-hmm. in salt water, wrapped it mm-hmm. up with butter or around the shuck in aluminum foil and put it on the grill and then brought it out. That's the best eating corn I've ever eaten. What What was behind all that? I've never seen that or heard. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you soak it in water, and, it, you know, it gets in there with the silk, and it, it traps water, so when you wrap it up, it's steaming it. So you got all your water in there, so when you wrap it up in the foil and you throw it on the grill, it's steaming. So, uh, and then you take it out, yeah, you're right. It is, it's awesome. Uh one of our other favorite things to do with corn is, you know, you can either do it like that, and then I'll take it and I'll husk it, and I'll throw it back on the grill and get a little char on it. Uh-huh. We'll take, uh, I guess it's a Mexican street corn or elotes, whatever people want to call it, but we'll take some mayonnaise and coat it in mayonnaise, and then come back with a chili lime seasoning over the top of it and some cotija cheese. Man, a lot. You talking about good. Well, I'm just basically a meat, potato, and a corn person. So I was sitting there going, that was the most unique way I've seen corn on the cob. And I said, I knew it took a little more time, but I just didn't want to, I didn't really want to ask him how he did it because I don't want to feel like a dummy. But I, I, I really enjoyed eating that corn because that was, that was awesome. So, well, look, if somebody's listening today and they need to get in touch with Tim, want to learn more about what you're doing, what are they, where do they need to go as far as your social media and stuff like that? Let's see, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Bama Grillmaster, B-A-M-A-G-R-I-L-L-M-A-S-T-E-R. That's my handle on every one of those. Instagram and TikTok are my two biggest platforms. Uh, YouTube's getting there. Um, but, yeah, I think I've got 900 and something thousand on Inst- or, uh, TikTok, 
280-something thousand on Instagram and I think 80-something thousand on YouTube. So. Well, I and think you, you, could, gotta, you could add a lot more if you changed your name to Auburn Grillmaster, but I, I won't go there today. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. I'd just leave that alone, but uh, you might get some odds to come join you. But Well, look, Tim, Tim, that's great, man. I appreciate you being with us today and everything you're doing out there, especially with the Yamaha folks. But, you know, I learned a lot today, and as I said, if the listeners just picked up one tip on how to cook, it'd be well worth it. But y'all head to all of Tim's social media to learn a little bit more and by God, you know, I might be coming on my new TV show. The Buckmaster will be doing a new cooking show grilling, okay? That's how intimidating I am on TV cooking. So you ain't got to worry about me, though. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Bubba. Appreciate you being on today's podcast, folks. Thanks for being uh, listening to us today. We'll have another great guest coming soon. Y'all keep checking in with us.